Welcome back, Padawans, and welcome to the Wannabe Jedi Podcast. My name is Josh. And I am Matt, and that is right. Season 2 of the Wannabe Jedi Podcast is a go. It might have been a slightly longer hiatus than we originally anticipated, but we are back. Josh, what did you do over this short little break? Moved into a new apartment, which is nice, getting ready for grad school, and got to spend some time with a special lady, so... (laughs) (laughs) yes yes special indeed yeah i like josh also have moved to a new apartment with my wife getting settled here this is one of the first few days of being in that new apartment so it's really exciting it's it's been a crazy time we hope that everyone stayed safe out there and we've promised you guys during all this time that we have some pretty exciting announcements so josh would you like to hear what some of our announcements are Yes. Our very first announcement is we have merch in the works. That is right. We've been going back and forth with the idea of merch, and we decided that we will be going forward with it. We have some cool concepts coming out soon. Nothing really officially yet. We're still kind of in the production stage of it, but keep an eye on our social medias because we will be telling you guys all about that merch as we get closer to launch. And secondly... We are also going to be doing a little bit more of the live streaming realm a little bit. That's something that I personally live stream quite a lot on Twitch, but we kind of want to incorporate that with the podcast as well. So you'll be seeing some live streams come out with Josh and I, maybe talking about the podcast, talking about some Star Wars stuff, as well as just playing some video games that we like to play. I'm sure that Josh will try to convince me of Battlefront 2. Is that right? Yes, of course. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm still working on getting him to play Star Wars The Old Republic with me as well. Mm -hmm. But we might have some other games that aren't just strictly Star Wars based, and we hope you guys will tune into that. My Twitch, where the streams will be happening, is Obel Tries Gaming. So it's O-B-L-E-T-R-I-E-S Gaming. Again, Obel Tries Gaming on Twitch. That's where you'll be able to find me a little bit and josh as well and we'll try to be able to interact with the community a little bit more we, you know we during this hiatus we did try our best to live stream a little bit just so that way we could keep interacting with the community and we had a lot of fun with that so we want to keep going with it let's do this especially with new games coming out new games we have squadrons i am pumped i have no idea how it's going to run with my current graphics card but we'll have to give it a go and and you know if for some reason it doesn't run i guess then i would just have to upgrade right josh yeah you know what i'm 100 percent down i know carlos can find you a good deal on a nice graphics card (laughs) you're for it Yes, apparently Facebook Marketplace is the is the place to get some computer parts. Apparently they have some people that are just trying to offload as quickly as possible and, and you get some pretty cool deals. Yeah, yeah. I've used it a couple of times, got a nice new mouse pad, and we even got a new mic for our friend Ian. So And that is okay. not an ad, that is just actually using that function of Facebook. True. Very true. Yeah, and without further ado, we want to tell you guys a little bit about some of the things that are going to be happening in Season 2. We got a lot of great episodes coming out. We're going to be also taking a look at some of the specials. We're going to be doing some of the specials for Season 2 of The Mandalorian. Kind of similar to what we did with like the last, what was it, last four episodes Mm -hmm. of Clone Wars. We're going to be doing that same thing for The Mandalorian. 
it's kind of good to change up the content a little bit, Josh. I, yeah. I personally enjoy it. I love talking about the characters, but it's nice to change it up and talk about some of the shows that have come out. Yeah. So we get to talk a little bit about like current events and stuff like that within the Star Wars universe. And we're trying to even get a couple guest stars on, so we'll, we'll see what we can get. Yeah. Pretty pumped for what's to come in terms of episodes for season two. Yeah. And now, Josh... We already teased this earlier, but we are going to be talking about Rey Skywalker today. Yeah. But we're not going to be doing Star Wars lines today. And that's not because we're not keeping it, but just more we want to change it up a little bit. We don't want to do every single episode episode with Star Wars lines. We might try to change it up and throw in another segment here or there. So a lot of cool, exciting things for Season 2. Josh, without further ado, Rey Skywalker. We're starting off Season 2 with a very hot topic in Ray Skywalker. Yeah. A lot of people, they have different opinions on Rey. There's a lot of opinions around <laughs> Ray. I would say. I actually feel a lot of people call her like a, a Mary Sue or, or something along those lines. I don't see it personally. I think that she's just a strong character. I really like her. If that What's the quality doesn't... of a Mary Sue? Sorry. <laughs> um... Because she's female, she stays alive or defeats the completely outnumbered, but defeats, you know, which I I don't take it as that. I take that as as much as people were upset that Ben Solo died Mm -hmm. and sacrificed himself. I think that he redeemed himself and he was ready to be with his family. So I don't really take it as Ray was Mary sued. I think it was more. It worked well with the storytelling. I understand. Yeah. I mean, I agree with you. She was definitely portrayed as a strong female character. And I don't think that, you know, based off your definition, I don't think she was a Mary Sue. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. Now, before we actually jump into all of Rey, I think it's important to talk about what she appears in. And as you guys know, she is in The Force Awakens, The Last Jedi, and The Rise of Skywalker. But she is also in some shorts. Mm -hmm. She's not just a one-category character. She also appears in some shorts. And I have a feeling, just a funny feeling, Josh. I'm not going to speculate too much because there's nothing to speculate on. But I really do believe that we will be seeing Ray on the screen, played by Daisy Ridley again. I do believe so. Probably in like 30 to 40 years, just like what Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher and Harrison Ford, they were called back 35 years later. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I could see Daisy Ridley, John Boyega, Oscar Isaac called back to their original castings as Ray, Finn, and Poe. So I don't think they, right now, they don't want to carry on the legacy of, like, Skywalker. I mean, maybe they'll have, like, a callback to her in, like, future media, future Star Wars media. Yeah. I don't know. It was, it's going to be interesting to see because I think they want to steer away from the Skywalkers. But at the same time, like, that's, like, the whole origin of Star Wars is the Skywalkers. Yeah. It's called the Skywalker saga coming to an end. While when you, when you follow the money aspect, <laughs> I, I think it's hard not to think think about hey ray is a super powerful woman and we can definitely use her in future films because that will generate a lot of attention because she has this big name 
yeah. in the Star Wars universe. So if we want a film to do well, we might need Ray to be the teacher or something. So I could I could see them doing that. That's why I don't, even though it was called the conclusion of the Skywalker saga, I don't fully buy that it's done. Yeah, I agree with you. When Rise of Skywalker was coming out, it was like, last movie of the Skywalker saga, it's like, no, they're going to probably call some stuff. I know like Ryan Johnson, he has his trilogy. They've been eerily quiet about that yeah so i wonder if it's still a thing but he does have his trilogy coming up yes yeah you're, you're right and i mean even take watiti he's got confirmed for some kind of star wars media so it's like everything's up in the air and it's probably going to revolve around somewhat of the, our story of the prequels the original trilogy and the sequels somewhere in that timeline yeah now that we've kind of talked about maybe some of our little speculation here let's actually dive into ray yeah. And the very first thing on Rey, before she's even born, when Ezra Bridger goes into the world between worlds, Rey's voice appears. Yes. So that's the very first time that any of, I mean, I think at that point was Force Awakens out? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So so we did hear Daisy Ridley play Rey prior. However, that's the first time in chronological order that anyone would have heard who Ray is. Yeah. And it makes sense why they don't know who it is, but it is a very fascinating tidbit that you do get her voice in Ezra. I think they just wanted to link everything. You probably, I don't know if you agree or not, but I think they wanted to make sure like, oh, World Between Worlds, you're like kind of like a time travel travel aspect. Let's let's call it, um, all, I, none of that sounds great. Alternate timeline, no, that doesn't sound, yeah, I guess we do have to go. I hate time travel, dude. I still hate it, <laughs> um, but it does fit, yeah. World Between Worlds is like a, well, it's called a space beyond time and space. So it, it doesn't have a set time. Yeah. So so that's why it anything maybe not within his existence, but yeah. This is what we can say. We can say it's a wormhole. It's a wormhole. Yes, that's great. That is so much better than calling it time travel. Uh, time travel. Oh, I hate that. Mm. It, time travel for me. I, mini rant. I get why people like time travel. For me, it's a loophole around things. It allows you to go back on things in a story that maybe people were upset about. And that was my big feel with Rebels going through the time travel. But a wormhole sounds a little bit better because it sounds like whatever you did would affect the conclusion. But it just is, it works a little bit better, I think. Because it it was only a one-time thing, in theory. Yeah, I agree. Let's ask this question. Would you time travel if you could, Matt? No. No? I wouldn't. I... I love my life. I don't think I would want to time travel and change anything. Okay. Truthfully, I don't. I don't think I would. Well, I mean, it wouldn't be changing something. Would you be able? Would you want to go view future events, past events? I mean, this is all theoretical. May- but I. I mean, I'm gonna. I'm gonna sound kind of cheesy here, and but I genuinely mean it. Yeah. Um, I would probably go back to when I first met my wife, just to just to rewatch it. I. I, I genuinely would. Like uh, that's uh, not just me being cheesy and trying to earn brownie points, but. But Beth, if you're listening, I, I hope I got some brownie points on that one. <laughs> but but in actuality, I would go back. I would go back. Okay. And, and just to rewatch it. Okay. I was there, at least somewhere in the vicinity. <laughs> no, you weren't. You weren't. You weren't there for the very first meeting. I, I was not, but yeah. I was in the vicinity. <laughs> you, you were in the same building, so it, it counts. Was I in the same floor? No, no, we were in the lobby at that oh, point. Oh. Okay. Yeah, we okay. were in the lobby of our of our dorm okay. hall. So, 
Would you go back or forward? Would you would you time travel, Josh? Not unable to change anything, but just to go back and see. You know what? I've always been like a kind of a, an observer of things, you know, scientists or STEM, STEM education within me. And I would love to see like some kind of future or even the past because it's just intriguing. You, well, you you love Doctor Who. So I, that's I love Doctor Who. Alley. Oh, 100 percent. 100 percent. Yeah, <laughs> I will add on to that after going I will be frank. After going to see the first time I met wife, I would go further back and see Star Wars, the original Star Wars in theater, because I never got to experience that. That's true. That would be like seeing everybody's reaction. How about mm-hmm. seeing Empire? This one's calling out to Nate. How about seeing Empire Ooh. for the first time with the big reveal? With the big reveal. Ooh. No, I am your father. I think it depends my age, because when I was... The, the kid age of like 10 years old. I know this sounds bad. I could care less about all the dialogue mm-hmm. and I just wanted to see the fight scenes. So I think it wouldn't have been a big, like it still would have been a <gasps> moment, but I don't think it would have been as big of a gasp moment as it was for a lot of people. Yeah. Because you also have that historic knowledge mm-hmm. when you go into it. Josh, we just ranted for far too long, and we're mm-hmm. still not even talking about Ray again. So uh, let's I know. let's 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 bring it back in for a second okay. here. Okay. So Ray was born in 15 ABY, so 15 years after the Battle of Yavin, mm-hmm. and as we know, her parents, which turned out to be the dad, was the the clone of Palpatine. The, yeah, very weird kind of timeline, weird weird family lineage. If I if I'm being honest, but yeah. so her parents left after she was sold to Jakku, and while they thought it was because they wanted the money for, I think it was for Spice. Or gambling. Um, something or like gambling, it. yeah. It, instead, it was actually to hide her from Darth Sidious. Yeah, which definitely was an interesting twist, because we did not get that from The Last Jedi, as we talked about yeah. in Season 1. Yeah, the last in Last Jedi, it is stated, and, and there's a lot of speculation on this, I guess we could, Josh, do you want to list some of the speculation on why Ben Solo said that her parents were nothing, that she is nothing? Would you like to do some speculation well, on that? I think from a, a cinematic viewpoint is that they wanted Ray to be anybody, not just a Skywalker, not be a, a, a Palpatine. But Ryan Johnson, like, I mean, Matt is a big fan of The Last Jedi, and he likes it that it's different from mm-hmm. the other Star Wars movies. So having Ray as a different individual, no one like special, is different, and that's what I mean. I think that's what Ryan Johnson was trying to do. But in Rise of Skywalker, you know, people are upset with the Last Jedi, and I guess Star Wars took that into consideration. They kind of made it a little bit more fan servicey. Again, it, this is I guess our opinion, but they like, oh, she needs to be someone special, even though anybody could be special. Everybody's special in their own way. So yeah. seeing like that they gave Ray the name of Palpatine and then Skywalker, it's just that was like a different taste to yeah. a trilogy that didn't feel like a trilogy. So I agree. But there is another case out there that I think we should just make all of the, the listeners there aware of. And that was Ben intentionally maybe didn't know he knew that she was powerful that she had a powerful history but i don't think he knew that she was a uh a palpatine at that point mm-hmm. but he said that intentionally to make her feel like her parents are never going to come back what do i have fighting for the puny resistance when i can join with ben and be someone yeah and that's a theory out there that i think our our take might be the more realistic one. Yeah. The storytelling and, and how it's told and is that's the case. 
And so I like that. I think that that is a good way. She, he's trying to manipulate her. He knows that she's vulnerable because of the parents. They're in that force dyad. Mm-hmm. And, and because of that, he knows her strong feelings for her parents. And so if he can crush her dreams about ever seeing her parents or, or who they were, then she might join forces. Yeah. So in storytelling form, that's great. And I guess I kind of touched on it, but Josh, mm-hmm. do you want to explain the force dyad a little bit? The force dyad? Yeah, sorry. Force dyad. Oh my God. It, this is what happens. This is what happens. You go away on a hiatus for a few weeks, and now all of a sudden you can't pronounce left from right. You know, you're just a uh, you're a mess. It's okay, and we had we had long days today, so yes, we did. All okay. right, so so tell us about so it. So the Force Dyad is when the Force pretty much has two beings. We'll say as like they have really strong force powers when they're together and they're linked. So that's why they were able to like force FaceTime as you can say when (laughs) (laughs) between like the galaxy, which is definitely a different power than we've seen through the original trilogy as well as the prequels because there was no force dyad. The only force dyad that I'm would think of would be in non-canon would be the Knights of the Old Republic with the two brothers. So you want to hear something interesting that I didn't know this until I started researching right yeah. for for this episode. Josh, that Force Dyad, it was like the prophesized one from the Rule of Two, basically all the way back then. So Darth Bane's Rule of Two. Yes, and, and about how the Force Dyad, the people who were the Force Dyad, would bring finally bring balance to the Force, and so the Rule of Two was that. So the idea was that Bane would not necessarily Bane, but the dark side would be the two, the the Dyad. Mm-hmm. And it would be able for them to fully rule while it turned out to be, I would say, gray force users, I think is a good way to sum it up. I mean, obviously, Ben went dark, but then he went light again. But they're still, I, I feel like both of them still believe in necessary evil to some degree, where they have strong light and strong darkness. Yeah, I mean, I guess we could say from the Rise of Skywalker is that, you know, we see that Ray has her lightning ability I mean, that's not a Jedi ability unless you get into Plo Koon, which he had like a force yep. light side lightning. But yeah, it definitely does show both, you know, the dark side in them as well as the light side. I, I mean, the problem with that with that that I have is that it's said that Anakin Skywalker, who's the chosen one technically, is supposed to bring balance to the force. Which, from a certain perspective, he kind of did. <laughs> he did. He did slaughter a lot of people, and then all of a sudden, it's balanced. <laughs> uh, he did. He did. As like Andrew, our former roommate, he said that Anakin. Hey, there was two Sith, and then there was two Jedi. Two Jedi. There's Yoda and Obi Wan. But then you get into what about Kanan and Ezra? And I mean, it gets into a lot of different perspectives. But <laughs> yeah. But And that's why I think they kind of headed down the route of, well, maybe Anakin, because there were so many different stories to tell, that maybe Anakin was the chosen one to shrink the power of them all, so that way, when Rey and Ben come along, they can bring that balance. Mm-hmm. Also, it could be that Anakin brings balance to the Force because he created Luke, Luke and Leia, who then ultimately had Ben. True. And then Ben and Ray. I mean, granted, obviously Ray comes from Palpatine, but maybe that's that kind of time that he still is the chosen one because he was destined to be the one to create Luke and Leia. And then Leia provides Ray with 
with training. She, so she so she provides Ray with training, and she created Ben. So now you have all because of following the Anakin lineage, which also follows the Palpatine lineage. Yeah, if you believe in the Shmi um, Palpatine theory. As again, the the comic portrays that kind of <laughs> that Sheev Palpatine, the Emperor, created kind of Anakin you yeah. by manipulating the Force, but then the illustrator and the author came back and said that's not what they wanted to portray. So it's yeah. a lot of different perspectives. Again, it's up to interpretation. But yeah, it's just interesting to, to think about like Palpatine lineage and then the Skywalker. Because would Palpatine be in like a Sith legend or Sith, like the chosen one for the Sith? I, I don't know because like it's just an interesting perspective. Yeah, I, th- I think we got a little bit ahead of ourselves and, and we will need to backtrack yet again josh man Mm -hmm. i tell you what ray is such an interesting conversation because it talks not only about just like who she was but literally all of of we know of star wars was affected because of her and her decisions it's it's kind of crazy when you really think about it yeah so it it makes sense why we're kind of going off in this rant but to to kind of tailor back josh Mm -hmm. i wanted to ask you when you saw Force Awakens for the first time and you saw Rey grab the lightsaber and be the, the chosen one mm-hmm. in terms of being the one that's going to be the Force-sensitive one for the films, were you expecting that? Because for me, mm-hmm. I from what I saw with the trailers and the extended previews and everything, I thought Finn was going to be the Force-sensitive Jedi that we were going to follow. I was just thinking the exact same thing because... When, again, seeing the trailers back in 2015, I'm like, that Finn is going to be the new, he was like holding the lightsaber. It was totally a big shock when going to see The Force Awakens in theaters and seeing that Rey is now the, the Jedi, the main the main Jedi of the story. They did a great job of hiding they that. They did. Like, not even, so... Uh, a lot of things in this day and age get leaked, mm-hmm. and, and they managed to keep it under wraps that Rey was the the Force user or the, or the Jedi or the the lightsaber wielding person. They did a great job of hiding it, and really, it gave me a nice little surprise. You know, it it was different. It wasn't something that we were expecting, and and that's one of the, like, <laughs> I love being like a, a I love podcasting, but when you're on the social on social media for star wars all you get is star wars news and so you never have a real surprise now yeah being a podcaster so it's really nice that there was still that surprise i mean the, this was before the podcast but it was nice to have that surprise that ray was in fact going to be our jedi for the uh, for the trilogy yeah i agree it was definitely a big surprise and after seeing the complete trilogy i like it i mean ray has a different acquired taste than Anakin and both Luke, but it's definitely, you know, some of that could be some of the writing and the the, uh, the side stories and how the, the story progresses, but the overall character, I'm a, I'm a fan of. Yeah, but I agree. I mean, there's one, one um, thing I don't like in the video games. Rey in oh, the video yeah. game, in Battlefront 2, is not my strongest character because her... Force abilities don't really have any like offensive attacks other than like okay you mind trick them and then they go backwards or but yeah it's just I wish she was a little bit stronger in Battlefront 2. Let it be known that we barely made it into season two and we're already talking about Battlefront. 
You're not wrong. I think this is a good time to take a short break. Yeah. And we're back. We're still talking about Ray Skywalker here on our opening episode of season two. And Josh, we were, we were talking about being surprised that Ray was the force sensitive Jedi for the sequels. And for me, I kind of realized that it was going that route. I thought there was actually going to be two Padawans that were going to be coming out of this, Finn and Ray. And when I thought about that was when Ray and Finn escape on the Millennium Falcon, which just got me giddy when they said piece of junk. <laughs> and then all of a sudden it appeared. Oh, that put me in the Star Wars realm right away. Yeah. But a lot of people. So I found I found this out after a lot of people were really upset because they're like, how did Ray fly like that? She uh, she barely, you know, she did nothing like this. Blah, 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 blah. Going off and, and being the ranty people that we, we know that are in the Star Wars universe. So, Josh, I looked into it. Apparently, she brought a flight simulator from one of the Star Destroyers to that AT-AT that she lived in. And she was would practice at night. So she had the Rebellion fighter helmet. And she would practice with the flight simulator in her AT-AT at night after scavenging for the day. And so that makes a lot more sense on how she had these skills. Obviously, a flight simulator only does so much until you get out there. You don't fully have that knowledge. Yeah, but she also had the force on her side. So Yeah, it's kind of crazy because we know that force-sensitive people are are some of the best fighter pilots because they have the ability to kind of see very fast and, and have great reaction times. So the fact that she had this flight simulator just helped her enhance her skills Mm -hmm. very interesting i didn't think about that really there was also these comments about how did she best those tie fighters even with the flight simulator how did she best them and and she knows the terrain she knows the terrain of jakku yeah she knows what's inside that star destroyer when she's going in there so i i just find it very interesting that like you could say the same thing about luke what has he flown (laughs) Well, he used to fly the speeders. Uh, well, the, yeah, the speeders, and then that um, guy hopper. So, I think he would fly it throughout Tatooine, and that's how he got his training. I know he had a replica of it that he was using in the, A New Hope, but other than that, I think he actually flew it to get some practice before he left Tatooine. So, yeah, but the point being that if you're, they're force sensitive. They know the the lay of the land. And, like, just because Ray did something, then you also have to... And you're upset about it. Then you also have to be upset about Luke being able to do something. Or or Anakin, for that matter. Yeah, he, he raced pod racers, but then he also managed to destroy an entire... Um, the Trade Federation ships. Yeah. He managed to destroy one of those completely. I mean, accidental, but <laughs> he did it. Like, I, it's just... It, and he just spun in circles. Don't get me wrong. He just spun in circles and did a great job with it. But, like, mm-hmm. don't be upset about that because that is what also makes Star Wars is the underdog and, and overcoming the odds. And so I think that people maybe lose sight on that a little bit. I find it very interesting that she had a flight simulator I never knew about, yeah. which also makes sense why she was able to train and, and be so decent when it came to flying the Falcon. Mm-hmm. Also, she repaired the Falcon, so she knew where things were. Talking about Luke... And, you know, one thing that 
combines them is their lightsaber. So which lightsaber do you think is Rey's best lightsaber? Do you think it's the Luke's lightsaber slash Anakin's lightsaber? Or is it her new yellow one? For the listener out there that doesn't know, I'm red and green colorblind, and I got very confused by that yellow lightsaber when I first saw it because I couldn't really make out what color it was. For some reason, I thought it was red because it kind of blended into the the sunset on Tatooine, so it was really confusing for me. I like the yellow though. It's a new color. Yeah. It also describes her pretty well. I actually wanted her to go with that with like a white lightsaber, just like Ahsoka kind of deal. Yeah, because she wasn't. She's not like a real full Jedi. But I think it suits her well. It kind of combines her past with who she's going to be. Yeah, and I mean, it kind of shows that she's neutral-ish. She's kind of like the Temple Guards. The Temple Guards had a, a short yellow lightsaber blade. Yep. And she's now the protector of the rest of the Jedi. And the knowledge she knows about, like the Sith, like not like Darth Sidious or any of the other Sith Lords, but she knows of them. And we'll see, you know, maybe there's some kind of other Sith Lord, like a Maul out there within the sequel. Maul comes back for a third time. I, I don't think so. I don't <laughs> think so. But it, it has to be like a rising power to balance Rey. Yeah. Because it would, it would be interesting if they kept Kylo Ren or Ben Solo alive and then Rey alive, because then that would actually be the dyad and... The balance in the force. Yeah. But they didn't. But also, at the same time, the world is full of... Think about the world and and just the history of the world. Mm -hmm. Whenever a power rises or falls, there's always an opposition that will also rise and fall. So just think about it. When World War I ended, they had a kind of pseudo-government in Germany. And it wasn't strong. It really crippled them. The sanctions from the allies crippled the economy and so what ended up happening those people were sad and upset and and just in a, in a terrible spot and then you have someone who boasts someone being hitler who boasts about what germany could be again and and they follow that and, and so i think that you'll see that there's always going to be good and evil in the universe and what is Ray's next evil that's going to appear? Yeah. I, I think it'll be very interesting. That's true. And like like you said, they're probably not done with her. They probably want to use her in some other next maybe a TV show or something. I wouldn't be yeah. I wouldn't be opposed. I think like you like we've stated in season one, that they need to take a break from the movies and focus on TV shows. Because we could get a lot more on TV shows, and especially with Disney Plus, they have such a big platform that's built up even now, after the Mandalorian after the Clone Wars finale. Like, Star Wars fans are just eager to get new shows that they can binge on the Disney Plus platform. Yeah, and that's going to carry Disney Plus, too, is going to be all the Star Wars content. Yeah. So my next question for you, talking about Rey, is that, so in The Rise of Skywalker, I know it's not your most liked film. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's still down there. I know. Um, a few weeks later, I, I, still down there for me. Okay. Continue. Okay. But... What do you think, like, since Star Wars is supposed to be portrayed as, like, a family movie, a friendship movie, there's a lot of, like, you know, like we've talked about, it's geared towards kids. How did you feel about, like, Ray wanting to take all of, like, all of the blame, and not all the blame, but every single responsibility on her shoulders? In the end, Finn, Poe, they all went with her to these different sites to find Palpatine and, and eventually kill him, but how did you feel about them 
portraying Ray as like I gotta be take all the burden on my on my back instead of actually relying on her friends. Like, do you think that was interesting that they did that? I, I think a lot of people wear that burden when they're going through like when when you really think about it. Granted, this is one of the issues I had was where that with the film in general is that a lot of people one of the things that I had an issue with was that all the other main characters that we got used to in the other films basically took a back seat mm-hmm. and just supported Ray, which isn't like bad, but it just wasn't my preference. And, but I think it relates well with real life mm-hmm. in that when you have this burden, because you're the one that has this problem, you don't necessarily want to be troubling all of your friends with it. Even though they want to support you, you're going to take on that burden yourself because it is your burden to bear. So I think that it was also a kind of a talking point about how, you know, you can't do everything alone, that you need that support with your friends and that it's a much larger, when, it, when it's a much larger issue, you, you have to have that safety net, that support group. And so while I didn't necessarily like it in terms of the film and putting a backseat on a bunch of other characters, I also understand it because it is very real life in that regard. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. It just. What about you? Do you fully agree with that, or any uh, any counterpoints? Uh, well, I agree with what you said about like how real life, and you don't want to trouble other people. But I mean, I, I I can see why they did what they did. I'm just trying to think like, what if what if they did like Ray went up? Oh yeah, Finn and Poe, why don't you come with me and do this and that? I mean, like that was the whole premise of the original trilogy kind of well except for like luke going to dagobah and where he had to take his own so i guess i guess it kind of there's some kind of symmetry between the original trilogy and i mean there's a symmetry between all all the different films the prequels the original trilogy and the sequels so i think they're trying to do that but as well as i mean add new flares yeah add new flares to it and it's also worth noting like this is the Star Wars for the like for the future. Mm-hmm. Like th- these characters are going to be what kids growing up are going to be talking about. They're not going to be talking about like Luke as much as they are. Like think about it. Our generation talks heavily about Anakin and not as much about Luke. So now this up next generation is going to be talking heavily about you know Ray, uh, and that's exciting. Yeah, there's, there's new things. Yeah, I mean from my perspective, I was like, oh, we were we were at that weird middle stage where we still. I would say that you and I are some of the the few, maybe not few, but we're some of the ones that still watch the original trilogy more than the sequels. But there's a lot of people that just, because of Clone Wars, because of the films, they have fallen in love with, like, Anakin. And so Anakin's their, um, I don't want to say Holy Grail, but, like, is their their trophy character. Yeah. I always liked Obi-Wan, and I always liked Luke, and I still... Obi-Wan was our first episode in season one. For a reason. For a reason. So, yeah. I mean, it's generational, generationally. Gen- generational. It, yeah. It's based on the generation. It is based, so yeah. It really is. Yeah. Josh, I only have one more question for you. I feel like we've covered a lot. And even though we've ranted a little bit, I feel like it's been a great discussion so far. I think so. I want to talk about the Force Lightning that Ray used. Yeah, which I mentioned now, previously in the episode. Which you already mentioned. Mm-hmm. But that Force Lightning, I, I watched Return of the Jedi uh, a few nights ago. Mm-hmm. That Force Lightning just looks amazing on the picture. I don't remember it looking that good in the theater. I don't know why. I mean, I've only seen it once, 
but I, I saw, I watched the clip of it again on YouTube of Ray using her force lightning. Wow. It looks so good. It, it does. You, you said Return of the Jedi. No, I watched Return of the Jedi oh. for seeing how Palpatine used his lightning. Oh, then. okay. So, Just to see okay. the, I wanted to see the kind of the progression. I also watched them, the Count Dooku scene. So I wanted to see the progression of force lightning and, and how special effects have kind of improved over time. I understand. Now I understand. It's, it's so good. Okay. It's so good. Yeah. I, this is my favorite force lightning I've seen. I also kind of like it because it's on a relatively good character and so all of a sudden it's this shock of i just did this very dark ability i mean she also thought that chewie died i never thought for a second chewie died personally but it, it's very fun to to look back on it and, and see that force thought. lightning no nope. strike that transport yeah i agree i agree it did originally when i first saw it it did like shock me I did never thought Chewie would die because I'm like that's there's no way that they would kill off a character that's been throughout all the years of especially the original trilogy, but even in Revenge of the Sith, we've seen Chewie throughout everything, and I don't think that's the way we would want him to go, or even even the producers. No one wants Chewie to go. It's going to be a sad day if they ever if they ever head to that day. It'll be a sad day. I mean, he's the foundation of Life Day, so he's got to stay alive for Life Day. True. So Very true. Josh, do you have any other questions? Otherwise, I, I just have one last thing, and I, I'll be good to conclude. So if you have any questions, say them now. I have one question about your favorite, The Last Jedi. Did you like how they portrayed, like Luke even said, I mean, we learned that I guess he did know that she was a Palpatine. Did you like how... Luke trained Rey as well as like how Luke treated Rey because I didn't really like that aspect of The Last Jedi. I was, I always, my view on Luke, again, I, I'm biased because Luke's one of my favorite characters, is that he should have been, you know, at least wise. I mean, it's kind of like Yoda, he, he went to exile and he trained on Padawan many years later. But, so. but he was, but he was still very wise. He yeah, still wise, I didn't, yeah. I didn't actually love. Luke in that in that training, but I think there's just the ultimate redemption at the end of eight. So while I didn't like who he was for the majority of eight, I feel like that redemption was just really solid, and and, and it felt like he basically found himself. Mm-hmm. It was almost like he completely lost himself, turned off from the force, just just a man deep in regret and and in his own thoughts and then he was able to turn that into something which ended up being the spark of the resistance you know he was the spark of the resistance took on a whole army by himself as a force projection and and allowed them to escape so so for me i think that while i didn't love who he was i loved how he ended true yeah i'm just I, wish, I, I understand I wish because Luke is your favorite character yeah. that, or one of your favorite characters. I can understand why watching that would, would make you upset because you would, you would expect him to follow that Yoda path. And even like as a teacher, why is he giving up? You know, I mean, people do have their low, low points in their life, but just... I think he was at his ultimate low point because not only did he allow Ben Solo to become Kylo Ren... Yeah. 
he then, because he closed himself off, had no more contact with his sister mm-hmm. and had no idea that Han Solo, one of his best friends, died. Yeah. So I, I think that his his burden, and I almost feel like you can see it in his eyes in that film, his eyes looked tired. Like he had fought a million battles and, and had given up on trying to fight again. Yeah. I mean, he was so positive. I mean, we're going on a little tangent with Luke, but he was just so positive as a young, you know, right after Return of the Jedi, you get to play him in Battlefront 2. And I know it's like not the best level, <laughs> but he's very positive. He actually like, he's you're playing um, with one of the people on the elite squadron for the empire and it's just he's like oh why didn't you like you know fight me he's like there's no reason to fight you know he's luke was so like peaceful but i hope eventually when they make something with ray and the original cast of the sequel trilogy that they don't do the same thing that they did with the original trilogy cast i just feel that i don't know i they did they i guess they wanted to cycle them out and replace them with the new people but it's just, it's hard. It's just hard as a, 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 a more of an original trilogy and even prequel fan. Yeah, I, I understand that. We'll just have to wait and see what happens. Yeah. And even with that, I, I think that you still get a great memory of Luke. True. A- at the end, I don't know about you, but Luke fighting I- at the end of 8 is one of is one of my favorite scenes of Luke. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I've, I've felt that rejuvenation in him and so for me i i love that because it felt like a huge redemption what's your favorite scene with ray my favorite okay my favorite scene with ray ooh. oh oh that's easy i don't even know why i had to think about it um the throne room scene where her and kylo team up and, and just wreck that is good. that is a very good <laughs> that one. that is that is my favorite yeah easily oh, I easily like that. yeah i can't imagine I, I can't think of another one other than like maybe in the same movie when she's carrying all those rocks to save the the rebellion or the resistance. Yeah, that's a, that's also great cinematography there. That I love that one too. So are you saying that that throne room scene is your favorite? Yeah, I gotta go with it. Yeah, I respect that. I respect that. All right, Josh. My final question for you. Uh, I don't think because we've already highlighted this before, but how did you feel about her taking on the surname of Skywalker? You know what? I originally, when I first saw it, it was it was different. You know, I didn't think about it until the media, Star Wars, you know, Twitter or Star Wars, whatever, blew up, and it's like, oh, and of course, Reddit. We got Reddit with all those uh, Star Wars memes or the the Skywalker the memes. memes, the memes, and um, <laughs> I don't know. Originally, I didn't think it was like a big deal. I thought it was like honoring both her teachers, Luke and Leia. I understand why she didn't want to be a Palpatine because Palpatine was pure evil. So, yeah, I get it. I get it. And that was like the next, they're pretty much family. I mean, it gets a little bit weird with, with Kylo and Rey kissing. And, and that kiss but, and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that follows the Skywalker tr- <laughs> <laughs> um, heritage, I guess. I guess. <laughs> I guess. Uh, um, yeah, no. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I apologize um, for that one. For, what, 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 for what me... I still would have preferred nobody. I, I, I kind of wish she said just Ray or, or something along those lines. She is a Skywalker, though. Um, I'm not going to try to change that. That It's just my personal preference. I, I did 
I, I understand why she found identity with the Skywalkers, so, and, and why not? You know, like, it's almost like she's being adopted into the family, in essence. But for me, I like I kind of like the idea that she fought her battle, she fought her internal demons about being scared about who, who her parents are and finding out who her parents are and just accepted who she was as, I'm Ray nobody. Or, like, I'm, I'm just Ray. Mm-hmm. I, I'm happy with who I am as just Ray. I think Skywalker still effectively does the same thing. It just wasn't exactly what I had anticipated in my head. My question is, why does she bury the, the lightsabers in sand on Tatooine? Well, it's coarse, it's coarse and rough and gets any, everywhere. So, like, I don't know. I was watching a depiction of one of the comics where Luke says, I love sand. Instead of I hate sand. So I wonder what... That's funny. I mean, Ray... I, I'm not sure. I think that she just wanted to bring bring it full circle, I think. Back to Tatooine. Back to Tatooine. On the moisture Back farm. to where that farm boy dreamed of being able to help the universe in a larger way. I, can't I still want to know where Luke's green lightsaber is. And it's not like you could take Leia's lightsaber back to Alderaan. Rip. <laughs> Rip. <laughs> big rip but yeah yeah so i i think that it worked for being in tatooine and just burying it in the sand now when it gets found because you gotta imagine it'll get found it'll be interesting i wonder how deep she buried it <laughs> yeah so josh i think that about covers everything i wanted to talk about with ray mm-hmm. and any last minute things that you want to cover real fast or are you good I, I think we're good. I'm excited to see where where else she pops up. She, again, like we said at the beginning, she's in a couple of Star Wars video like shorts, the uh, Forces of Destiny stuff. So it's really interesting, and those give like a different approach to what we've seen or what we haven't seen on screen. So yeah, it's just interesting. Ray's such a big character now, and the, she's just the focus of everything. So it'll be interesting to see how they develop, or if they wait a few years, uh, like. And by that, I mean a couple of decades and then develop off of that. So, Matt, who are you talking about next week? Count Dooku. That's going to be our second character. We're getting into one of the best villains from, I would say he's probably the- Clone Wars. Yeah, he's probably the best villain in Clone Wars. Yeah. I would say. It'll be a good conversation about a light- side jedi turning to evil and and hopefully we can uncover some of the reasons and give you guys a good talk about dooku now questions are just filling up in my head by the way you already got questions for oh i I got questions for you it's gonna be a good episode so make sure to tune in next week to check it out make sure to follow our social medias at wannabe jedi podcast for facebook and instagram and at wannabe jedi cast for twitter make sure to go follow those we interact with our community as much as possible and we love hearing from you guys until next time take care everyone may the force be with you all oh that gave me chills hearing it again Woo!